0: Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another solo episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I just sneezed heartily twice uh before turning on the mic, and I thought, well, this'll be interesting because I'll be a little more nasal sounding than normal. I sound like I have a cold. This is no good. If I were a better podcaster. Tch. I nearly choked on those words as they came out of my mouth. Let's get serious. I think I'm great. Uh, I'm going to take your questions and I, this is the second week in a row now that I'm doing this solo podcast. Uh, My guest last week had to – she was moving and she had to reschedule. She's coming on next week. And then my guest this week, the yesterday, I got an email from her publicist saying that she had come down with a nasty cold flu and didn't want to get me and Elliot sick, which I appreciate. So I thought, well, I could scramble and try to get another guest in, but it's going to be hard to find someone. And also, if it's last minute, I'm not going to have time to research them adequately. And and just lately – uh, it happened that I had someone on that I didn't have time to research. And now that I'm going back and reading her book, um, I'm like, fuck, I think I messed up that interview. It was Mandy Statmiller. I'll just start right at the top and say that. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. But like now that I'm reading her book, I'm like, there's so much shit that I wish I could have talked to her about and that I think it would have benefited the interview, but I didn't get the book uh, until after the interview and I got an email file like the, the night before and I just, I did not have time to read more than the beginning of it. So that sucks. Um, so anyway, I don't want to make that mistake again. So I thought, you know what? I really enjoyed doing this solo show. Um, and the feedback was really good. So I'm just going to go again. I'm just going to do it again. And here we are. Uh, but I'm going you know, to gonna take your questions, but everyone already asked questions last time. Is it, is, are there going to be any more questions or are you guys questioned out? And then when I posted about questions, I was flooded with questions, simply drowning in questions, which I take as a, a very good sign. Uh, and I'm going to answer these questions. But first, let's see, do we have any housekeeping to do at the top? Get my book, Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me. Uh, Go to my website, alisonrosen.com. And then from there, there are things you can click on that will take you to Amazon where you can purchase it. It's available in all formats. Also, I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash alisonrosen is where you go for that. Different... We... we, Turns out reward is a challenging word. Different reward levels. Um, by the time you hear this, I will have just had this month's exclusive Patreon live stream. Um, but sign up for in time for the next one. Or sign up at a lower level. You get bonus episodes. You get the Thursday show early. You get all sorts of access to me. All sorts of fun stuff. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I'm just going to tell you guys what's in my head right now. Uh, I'm worried I'm hearing a weird thing in the headphones. Chef Jeff, also known as Colonel Jeff Fox, my producer, is not here. He's working remotely. Um, That's what I do when I solo record. I just record myself and then I send it to him. However, I'm concerned that I am not engineering this properly. I'm slowing down my, my my speaking. Let's see, Listen, really listening in the headphones. You guys, take this. This is a moment to be present and to listen to my voice coming through the headphones and to assess whether there's any sort of crackling. I don't think there is. I think it sounds good. I think we are sounding good. Jordan Morris was on recently, and he mentioned something about how it's frustrating when you're listening to a podcast and they're talking about podcasting or they're talking about what they're going to talk about. And it's like, just talk about it. Now I am talking about someone else being frustrated about when people talk about, I mean, this is really meta. I am like Oro in person. Okay. There's a lot I want to talk about. Uh, I just want to start with a little anecdote slash epiphany. Um, I heard someone recently pronounce the word antidote, but she was saying anecdote, but it was antidote, and it it was hard for me not not to do anything about it. But I just sat there. Okay. So, um, I've been sort of frustrated lately. Daniel and I, as you may or may not know, are in the process of buying a house. And I just keep telling myself, this is, this is meant to be a stressful process. In an ideal, I don't, know if, I don't know if you can hear that, that's me, like, massaging my temples like I'm an old man or something. As if I had lifted my glasses off of my nose and I'm massaging the bridge of my nose. But I don't wear glasses, not yet. I probably should. Anyway, I'm going to stop fucking with the sides of my head because I'm worried that you can hear that in the microphone. I have, I have loud forehead skin. Anyway, the process is stressful. Uh, and after you do the inspections, then, you know, if, if there's stuff that needs to be fixed, you go back and forth with the seller and you rene- either renegotiate the sale price or you get a credit which goes towards the closing costs. So the sellers of this home have been real jerks. I mean there have been plenty of times that we have wanted, There, there's different phases of the home buy and purchase. And at the beginning, you have a lot of outs. You can be like, I just changed my mind. I'm walking away. Or I'm walking away for because of this reason or this or whatever. Like it really kind of protects you. And there's been plenty of times that we have wanted to walk away just because they are so lame. Lame is not a fair, lame is not the correct word. They are such dicks they are such dicks and it's not a family it's it's a company who owns the house uh anyway so instead we're just like just keep in mind once we get the house we never have to deal with them ever again and then we have a house but it's hard because my pride makes me want to want to be like you know what suck on this so anyway uh the, they offered us, we negotiated a credit to go towards the closing costs. It is far less than the amount of repairs the house needs. However, we have been counseled that, to, to just take it because, in the end, what does, you know, X amount of it's just take it, which is hard because we're going to have to put in money to repair this house. But that's whatever. This is, you know, it's a. That's how it goes. Um, And it'll be okay. However, through some kind of, and mind you, we hate these people, this company that's selling the house. You would hate them too. I'm not going into all the details of it, but like, boy, do they suck. (laughs) Uh, They're truly loathsome dick faces. So, uh, and I don't think they'll listen to this, but if they do, work work on being better people. So through some miscommunication or some kind of error, the amount they credited us, the entire amount cannot be used because our closing costs have come in at less than the amount they credited us. So, And then another thing happened where it got knocked down to even less, which saved them even more money. So Because the closing costs were a little bit reduced, the seller gets to walk away with even more of their money. We don't get to use it. Had this mistake not happened, we could have done, like the numbers could have been done differently and we wouldn't have had to forfeit any of the money. And the idea of leaving a cent on the table is is driving me nuts because we're at the point where we may have to do more IVF. We suddenly have to buy a car and we're buying a house and that shit is expensive. So suddenly the idea of like, Oh, it's just a few hundred. Like it doesn't feel like there is no such thing as just, I'm losing my shit. So however, in the grand scheme of things, which I cannot get to, it doesn't really matter. It will be okay. It is not worth losing sleep over. But That is how, that is what is being told to me, and I have a real knee-jerk reaction to people telling me how I should feel about something, and it is really reminding me of when all the shit went down, or before all the shit went down with Corolla and with the, the, uh, and now I'm just being vague. It, It is reminding me of situations I've been in in my life where men are telling me, not to worry about some aspect of a business deal or like, don't worry about this amount of money or like, really, you shouldn't be concerned with this when the truth is I should be concerned. I actually know what I'm talking about and I have crunched the, like there was a a thing where when I first started my podcast on the network, they wanted me to like join their podcast hosting plan, which meant I would have to pay a certain amount to have my podcast hosted. And I was like, let me do some research. And then I found a way to save a ton of money. And I and I had my own individual setup. Uh, and they were fine with that because it was like, it was, you know, no skin off their back. But I felt like if I had just done what was suggested to me, I would have spent a lot of money versus I found a way to actually save everyone money because they were taking, you know, a share of like a large share of all the money I brought in. So in essence, I saved all of us money because when I heard what they were saying, it didn't sound the most prudent to me. I felt like, let me do my own research because I think I can maybe find us a better situation, which I did. Um, So anyway, I have sort of a gut reaction to, to people telling me how I should feel about something. And this is not, it's, it's usually not about money. It's usually just about shit in life. Um, but in this situation now it is like a mistake or a miscommunication happened. Uh, not, it's not, I don't know. I don't know. Who messed up, but it wasn't Daniel and me. That's what I that's what I know. But we are having to pay for it. But really it doesn't really matter. But anyway, I'm sorry. This is I did it's I didn't intend to spend this much time talking about it because there was a point I wanted to get to. A point which is kind of the opposite of everything I'm saying. Because everything I'm saying is like tying myself in knots and caring about the small shit and being pet I don't know if I'm being petty or not. Here's the thing: in these situations where men are trying to tell me how I'm supposed to feel about losing money. I feel like the insinuation is that I'm being petty or small-minded by caring about it. However, I guarantee you, if you turn to the seller and we're like, hey, it's just a few hundred dollars, they would absolutely not be okay with that, or any of the parties involved. That's the thing that always kind of gets me, is that the people who are telling me to be cool with a hundred, if it's just a few hundred dollars, I don't think they're, they would be cool at all with a few hundred dollars. And I think an argument could be made that... A successful person would not be cool with it, but there's a lot of, there's so many factors here. I'm just having to swallow it. So anyway, I was hanging out with Elliot yesterday and like this, I'm finding this situation incredibly triggering and it's, and I know it's making me feel as if I'm back in a lot of other situations, which I alluded to at the beginning in my life. Um, It's not just like this situation is just, it, it is what it is. It's not that big a deal, but for some reason it feels like a bigger deal, and I and I, I find myself feeling like should I be taking action? This isn't right. This isn't do I need to make my feelings known about the blah blah blah, blah, blah kind of consumed by it. And it's it's so stupid, it doesn't really matter. But anyway, I was hanging out with Elliot and he of course <laughs> doesn't register any of this because he's 16 months old and he shouldn't and everything in you know is is silly and light to him and he just kind of like pop pop that's he you know he he'll start talking and it's like pop pop you know just like babbling i feel like babbling is almost a condescending word because really it's it's what he's saying though it's not words it feels more profound than babbling but anyway i just all of a sudden had this A couple words popped into my head, and the words were choose lightness. Like, here I am hanging out with my son, and I have a choice. I could be consumed by this shit, which is real, but at the same time, it's not, doesn't really, it doesn't really have a bearing. Like, when I'm on my deathbed, this is probably not going to be the thing I'm thinking about. And if it is, that's fucked up. Uh, It's not going to have that much of a bearing, you know. It's it's sort of neither here nor there. It's just a thing where I feel that I have my 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 interests have not been protected and looked out for and so I am kind of like I'm like tilting at windmills over it. And I mean I'm I'm going both ways about it because it is it is a few hundred dollars and that does matter. Uh but it also it depends how you look at it. It also doesn't really matter that much. It's not worth it's not worth letting it consume me. And especially when I'm hanging out with my son, because I could also just be silly with him and read books and play. And, and like I said, that these words choose lightness popped into my head is like, it's a choice. It's a choice whether I'm going to be sucked into adult world, the adult world of like finances and responsibility and, and ego. And are, you know, am I being mistreated and all that versus staying in this sort of childlike place of, Let's just play and let's just be happy and let's remember the good things in our life. And lately, um, being around him, I've had some like really really kind of visceral memories of my own childhood of hanging out. And if my parents are listening, hi, you guys. But uh, uh, what I'm about to say, I don't hold it against you. It's just a memory um, of hanging out with my mom and wishing she could just be more present, like just play with me, just focus on me because she her attention was often divided between like you know pay attention to to my sister and me, but then like there's something she has to do at her desk, and then she's back, but then she's like she's like my mom is constantly in motion. It is very hard for her to just sit down and relax um she's there's always like a million things she has to do. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't even like, what are you even doing? I don't know that she knows, but, but she's doing some, there's like, there's just, she's got, and I relate to this because I have it too, like the endless to-do list. And any time you're idle, you could be doing something on your to-do list. But as a kid, I was aware of that and I didn't like that. And I wished like, just play with me, just be with me, mom. And I'm remembering that. So and it's, I'm thankful that I'm remembering it because it's helping me to orient myself toward When I'm with Elliot, yes, I could be on my phone. Well, it's actually hard to be on my phone because he wants to play with my phone. But like I could be on my phone or I could be, you know, I could wait until he's concentrating on something and then I could slip away and send an email. By the way, I do all of these things. I do all of these things. I don't think I should but i'm making a concerted effort to try not to because whatever it is i'm like how much of that is something i actually have to do and how much of that is a manifestation of my anxiety and and granted buying a house like there's a lot of shit to be anxious about but at the same time this like flitting around kind of like taking care of him but also doing this but also doing this i don't i don't think i have to do that that's not working smartly that's just my anxiety making it so that i can't be still and i remember that when i was was holding him and feeding him when he was a tiny, tiny baby, like I, it was much worse then than now. I had this feeling of like, I want to chew my arm off. Like, when's he going to be done eating? (laughs) And I felt so guilty about that too. And I was so worried that that emotion would somehow like transfer to him and that he would have a memory. And I I don't think he will, because I really, I don't think, I, I tried to, I tried to, compartmentalize it but but this feeling that he would remember that i I couldn't wait for him to be done eating, like it was not that idyllic feeling of like i'm you know an earth mother who was feeding my baby. It was just like i can't stand this, <laughs> and it, i don't know what that was. I think it was my entire like identity kind of guttering at this new responsibility, and thankfully, I really don't struggle. As much with being present, but anyway, that was just my little super fucking long-winded way of saying, in your life these things come up where you can choose lightness or you can choose to be dark and stormy, and if kids are in the picture, choose lightness, you guys. Okay, truly, truly, did not intend to spend that much time talking about all of that, Um, but but I want to get to the questions. But first, I'm going to take this time. I mean, I don't know about you, but I could certainly work out some of this tension. And I could work it out with Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand uh, is amazing. Well, You're probably familiar with Beachbody. They are the brand behind super popular workouts like P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix. P90X, Daniel had it. And uh, this is back when it was on DVDs. And so I did it. And we still have like a, it's like a, it's a chunk of DVDs. You got to tote around all the you had to in the old days had to tote around the DVDs. You had to tote around a DVD player. Well, no more. Now it is a super duper convenient streaming service. The platform allows you access to so many different workouts and you can view it on your computer, your web enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, Apple TV, Chromecast, and more. And it's great for, let's say you're someone who travels a lot for work or just travels a lot. You can do your workouts in your hotel room. Uh, You don't have to forfeit your workout plan just because you're, you know, out of town. Um, And also, let's say you don't want to pay to go to the gym anymore or you don't want to drive to the gym. I was all about the gym when I lived in New York because you could just walk to the gym and it was so convenient. Something about having to get in my car, drive there, find a part. It's just it feels so time consuming. And I don't, especially now that I have a kid. Also, before I had a kid, just having a dog, I do not have time. I do not have time to drive to the gym. Beachbody On Demand is perfect. You just fire it up, and then you're working out so fast. They have hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels, ranging from bodybuilding to weight training to cardio hit to yoga and even dance workouts. They also have nutrition programs, which are the first of their kind. It's amazing. When I was pregnant, I did a workout with Autumn Calabrese. That's the name of the uh, the trainer. Uh, I did a workout called Active Maternity. They have different levels for whatever trimester you're in. That it is so hard. Do not be fooled. Do not be fooled into thinking like I, I can do regular workouts just because I'm pregnant. I don't have to. Do a, it's not just a pregnancy workout. It is a hard, hard. I might even be resentful. It it made me feel like I was it made me feel like I was sweaty and like I was jelly. And I guess that's good. But I'm just saying. I expected more from my own abilities. It is hard. Uh there's also I, a, a recent guest on my show just turned me on to country heat. And the workouts are like twenty minutes or twenty nine minutes. They have all different kinds of dances. It's awesome. Biggest support community, join over one million people currently on Beach Body on Demand, and listeners of Allison Rosen is your new best friend can try it absolutely free. I really want you to try this service because it'll change the way you work out. Right now, my listeners can get a free trial membership when you text Allison to 303030. You'll get full access to the entire platform for free, all the workouts, the nutrition information and support, totally free. Again, just text Allison to 303030. That's A-L-I-S-O-N. Text that to 303030 and let me know what you think. Okay, let's take some questions. People sent them in on Twitter and they put them on Instagram. They sent them by snail mail, but I'm not going to get them in time. Actually, I don't think they did. Uh, Speaking of snail mail, there are two, no, there's three things I need to send right now. And I am like months late sending them. So I'm just going to name, I'm just going to name you guys. Natasha, John, and someone who goes, goes by the name of Elijah Baby Diaz. I'm not sure which is the actual name in there. You are owed stuff in the mail, and I am so sorry. I am so sorry that I am so late with all of this. I cannot get off my patootie to get to the post office. This is not the beginning of a read. This is just the truth. Okay, let's take some questions. When we ask and send them in, they're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Rebecca Green says, What music do you listen to now? How has what you draw from your connection to music changed over the years? Uh, right now, I only have child's music stuck in my head. Um, there's a YouTube channel, I think it's called Choo Choo TV, and it's got these weird, almost like almost CGI animated. Videos. It's and I looked it up. It's the third most subscribed channel on YouTube, and all and it's these weird nursery rhymes that I've never heard, like Johnny Johnny, no papa, and it's Johnny Johnny, yes papa, eating sugar, no papa, telling lies, no papa, open your mouth, ha ha ha. Uh, and then it seems like it's going to be dark. Like, is is the father going to be mad that he clearly has sugar cubes in his mouth? But instead, the father just scoops him up and then they laugh. And then the kid like winks at the camera with, or at the, at the viewer and then sneaks back in to eat more sugar. That kid, Johnny, loves sugar. But anyway, I had never heard this one. And there's some kind of accent going on. So I figured it was like Russian, Romanian, Scandinavian. It's Indian that I would not have placed it anyway uh we watch it's just one kids music Ill- animated music video after the next i'm sure someone will tell me that it's not good for my kid to watch it but he loves it and i'm i'm sort of entertained by it uh and anyway this is what's I just tapped my forehead with a ballpoint pen, so that's great. Um, There will be dots on my head. This is what is stuck in my head. And when that's not stuck in my head, then Elmo is stuck in my head or one of his various toys that plays music is stuck in my head. And I'll be like grooving to a song. And then it'll occur to me that this is a children's song. And I don't even mean what would be considered like good children's music. Uh, The Sesame Street Alphabet song. I'm pretty into. Sesame Street does the alphabet. You could definitely do worse. So anyway, that's uh, that's kind of all I listened to. Belly has a new album, which I didn't even know about till Mike Henry, shout out to Mike Henry, asked what I thought about it. So then I went and I've been listening to that. I, uh, I haven't formed my opinion about it yet, but I do like Belly a lot. I also like throwing muses a lot. Uh, they are related. When I was young... Music was a way to express all of that, um, darkness inside of me. Like I remember listening to Rage Against the Machine in traffic and thinking, I can't, I can't imagine someone who would want to listen to lilting classical music in traffic. Listening to Rage Against the Machine when I'm in stop and go traffic at least makes me feel like there's forward momentum, like something's happening, um, I similarly had I used to burn scented candles a lot my freshman year of college also other years of college but more my freshman year and in f- any book or anything that was in that dorm room smells like cherry and melon which were a couple of my more odoriferous candles but I remember sitting there doing homework watching the candle burn thinking this makes me at least feel like something is happening something is is ticking down the time. Because apparently it wasn't me doing homework. (laughs) That wasn't happening. But at least the candle is. That's weird. I don't have that at all anymore uh, with candles and less so with music. Although there was a period of time where I noticed that the La La Land soundtrack, which I still enjoy quite a bit, um, made me feel happy. So I was putting that on a lot. Haley England says, how did just me or everyone become a thing? Where did you find trap dog? I've been listening for years. Love you and drive for a living. So listening to all of your casts makes me so happy. Yeah, I call them casts, not pause. Well, first of all, I'm cool with calling them casts. So just me or everyone, the way that that came about, this is when I was doing the show as a streaming Ustream internet show. I was walking near my apartment in Brooklyn and a fire truck went by and and I was kind of far from my apartment, but I thought, "Oh shit, is it headed to my apartment? Is my apartment in flames? Did I leave my straightening iron plugged in, etc." And then I realized every time I hear a fire truck go by, I have that same chain of thoughts. Does everyone or am I anxious and crazy? that is also that could also be a subtitle for the show does everyone or am i anxious and crazy but then i wondered like what are some things that may, that that you do or that you wonder and you think does everyone do this and by the way when i say things that you wonder i don't mean like this is gross does everyone think that i mean things that trigger those kind of thoughts because tri- you know having that chain of thoughts about the fire truck is not really doing something It's thinking something, but it's a a series of thoughts that always happens from a certain stimulus. So I, and it was actually, I think Jenna Kim Jones was on one of those first episodes. Jenna and Corinne were there and I, and Dustin, and I had everyone bring in some of their Just Me or Everyone's. And I think this exists probably online somewhere, but Corinne's was that she kept her earbuds in when she was on the subway so that it seemed like she was listening to music, but actually she was eavesdropping on people. That is a common one. And Jenna's was that she measured things in subway footlongs. <laughs> and I don't I don't think that is a common one, but I love that. So that's how that came about. And then Trap Dog, I used to do a segment called fan phone call where people would send in their phone number and I would put them all in a double boiler because it brings me a strange thrill to pull things out of weird objects like sombreros or double boilers. And uh, I would pull the number out and then I would call the person and sometimes they would answer and oftentimes they would not. But uh, we called Trap Dog, Tom Rapp. He was a fan and a, a viewer. And just in the course of talking to him, um, You know, what do you do? He's a musician. And Dustin, who was usually he was kind of like my co host on the shows, um, or, or sidekick. He was like, Allison needs a theme song, you know, and I was like the balls on this guy. But he said that I needed a theme song and was Tom Rapp up to writing it and he wrote it i don't know if it was in the like within the same episode he emailed it or shortly after but it was so fast and it was so exactly what i would have wanted my theme song to be and that by the way that's still the theme song it was amazing i had never felt that the what at the time like what i was the character what, what i wanted i'd never had that experience and almost never had it again in terms of like uh, um oh my god that is That far exceeds anything I could have imagined. I I always have it with Trap Dog, but like in other areas of my life, I don't think I have. Um, So anyway, then he started doing the music for the show and he is amazing. And in fact, someone asked if, if it's too late to bring back Fan Phone Call because they haven't heard the jingle in a while. And yes, for this show, it is too late to bring it back. However, I think we could hear the jingle. And here it is super fun right okay jay insley says what is something you do for yourself when you don't have to work or have alone time a hobby or guilty pleasure you can't pick sleeping sleeping really is what i do though <laughs> sleeping or napping uh and i I hope this doesn't fall under the category of sleeping or napping, but I have an electric heated throw that is on my bed. It's just on my side of the bed because Daniel doesn't want any sort of electric blanket happening, not because he's concerned about health, but just because he gets hot at night, like he throws the comforter off. I, My favorite thing is to get – I feel so soothed. ...when I am lying under this. I did not used to be a nap person. I specifically never would have been a get-in-bed-in-the-middle-of-the-day person. Now I am. I cannot... I can't stay... I'm like having a love affair with my bed and specifically this blanket. When I went up to San Francisco for Sketchfest, I brought this fucking blanket. When I went to the hospital to have Elliot, I brought this blanket. However, I didn't plug it in. You can't really use a heated blanket when you're pregnant, which totally sucks. Um, but I did have it with me and I'm glad actually that would be advice that I would say to someone. If you have a piece of bedding that you find comforting, bring that from home in the hospital because hospital does not have, they don't have anything snuggly or cuddly or even comfortable. So what's another thing I do? Um, I mean, fuck around on my phone. Does that count? Cause I do that. And then also work out. That's the other thing I do. I feel like none. I I wish I could say that I paint or I cook or I mean, Elliot is into crayons and drawing. So I have gotten into drawing with him. But that's when I'm taking care of him. So that's not quite exactly what you're asking. Shane Street says, would you talk about your relationship with alcohol more? Did you consider yourself in recovery or sober? Tough subject, but I bet your view is interesting. A friend of mine recently asked me on text, she's like, can I ask, why don't you drink? And I said, yes, of course. And I wrote it all out. So I'm, I'm going to find that because I feel like it might have been more succinct. And as it turns out, maybe it wasn't, it wasn't succinct. I don't know. Let's find out together. I need a pen sponsor because I just made a note with a ballpoint pen and in the course of writing it, the ballpoint pen like receded into the body of the pen and that's not acceptable. So if there's a pen maker out there, send some pens. All right. Uh, so here's what I wrote. I used to drink and when I lived in New York, I felt like it was getting out of control. I never truly felt like I had a true drinking problem per se, but every bad decision I was making at that time started with me having a few drinks and then I'd text a guy I knew wasn't good for me, etc. Also, I was dabbling in drugs and felt really uncomfortable about that because I liked it way too much. So I felt like I was having a problem with self-control. So I went to some 12 step meetings. Um... And then I said, uh, I like to get fucked up and kind of see where the night took me. And that's true. I thought that, like, when I watch the way someone who doesn't have a drinking problem drink, like Daniel, let's say, because he'll, you know, he'll have a drink. He doesn't fundamentally change. It doesn't give him license to act any differently. He doesn't act any differently. Um... I think he feels that it affects him in a way that he feels more relaxed or it takes the edge off. But from the outside looking in, it's not like he's a different person suddenly. And I don't know that other people would have thought I was a different person suddenly, but the decisions that i would make when i was sober were different than decisions that i would make when i was drunk it's similar to the night eating thing like during the day i'm able to be so controlled with what i eat and i'm able to go and by the way i'm i'm not saying this is healthy and i'm not saying this is good but i'm able to say like i'm hungry i'm not going to eat i'm hungry i'm not going to eat i'm hungry i'm going to put off eating because i again again i know this is not healthy I know I'm not recommending this for anyone. I'm just saying this is kind of my thing. Um, I am going, you know, I, I I pretty much eat dinner and I just maybe I graze a little bit during the day, but, I, but I'm but i not even in tune with the hunger that I feel during the day. I oftentimes don't feel it. However, in the middle of the night, it's like, it's 2.30. I can't sleep. I'm going to have a snack. It's, it's weird. I, my nighttime eating follows the pattern of like what someone's daytime eating would be. I just don't have self-control in the middle of the night. Like I'm not – all the reasons that I don't want to eat during the day or that I would prefer to be controlled during the day in the middle of the night. It's like I don't have that. And that was – it's like drinking brought that kind of into the day. And I don't even mean with food, although it did sometimes with food um, because I would come home from a night of partying, quote-unquote, and then I I would, I would be like, I feel unhealthy. I feel weird. Like I need to eat too much and – um, but it was it, it wasn 't the eating that was the problem. it was the dabbling in drugs and it was the mostly it was the decisions with guys like it all was this big constellation of bad decisions and i wouldn't i would I would make a promise to myself when I was sober, which is like i 'm not going to see that guy um, this is not good for me and then i 'd have two drinks and then i 'd be texting him and i think i I think i don 't know where I mentioned this, but I know I mentioned it. I was hanging out with other people that worked in magazines and these were people who during the weekend would start drinking at brunch and drink all day. And they also did drugs. And like, they just, I could not keep up. I was, I've never been someone who's able to drink in the day and not f- sleep it off. Um, And by that, I mean like go to bed for the night. Like I can't, I just, it it impacts me. so. And plus I don't like that feeling of it being sunny out and being altered. Um, I really kind of never have. I went to Pomona College, and on Fridays there was this thing called The Wash, uh, which is this sunken Greek amphitheater, and they would have a keg and music, and everyone would gather there around, I think it was like around 3 or 3.30, and it was so much fun. But I noticed that if I got drunk at The Wash, I was kind of done for the day. I could not rally and go out that night. I also remember in college thinking, is this what a hangover is? Is this what a hangover is? And I can say hundred percent that that was not what a hangover was. I like woke I woke up the next day and I was like, I'm a little thirsty. Is this what a hangover is? Oh man, that's so not what a hangover was. I don't think I truly felt a hangover until I was in my 30s. Um, I, I noticed a few things. I began feeling sick, and I don't mean nauseated. I just mean well, feeling almost feeling like a hangover. Kind of immediately as I would start to sober up. Like I'd have a drink and maybe 45 minutes later begin to feel icky. Um, And that was from beer or wine. I don't think that was from hard alcohol. And then I noticed that the hangover started getting really bad. Like I remember going to work and sitting at my computer and just feeling so nauseated by looking at the screen. And weirdly, I'm not a big chocolate person, But the only thing that made me feel better was chocolate and a Dr. Pepper. Again, not healthy. Similarly, in college, I discovered if I had to pull an all-nighter, a good all-nighter combination for me was Dr. Pepper because it supposedly has the most caffeine. So Dr. Pepper and Good and Plenty's. I don't know if Good and Plenty's have caffeine as well. It's kind of – it's sounding so gross just thinking about it. So anyway, I took this quiz – that this Alcoholics Anonymous quiz, mostly because I, I was like, these people are such alcoholics. And I took this quiz and just for fun. And it was like, if you answer yes to more than X amount of questions, then you have a problem. And I had answered yes to far more than just a few. And at that time, I was I was aware that I was drinking too much and I was trying to manipulate it in a way that it would work for me. Like, okay, I'm only, how about if I only drink this kind of alcohol, because I'll drink it slower. Um, and, and stuff would, which is like, that's like a real drinking problem kind of thought pattern. And then I, uh, there was a party for my the magazine that I worked at, a, an event, and I was on my way to the party. And I was like, I'm not going to drink tonight. I'm not going to drink tonight. And then I had two drinks. And I thought, what, what, how did that happen? So then I went to a meeting that night. By the way, I feel very much uh like I told this recently so apologies for anyone who I don't know where I told it though anyway okay demian cordova says where do you see ariynbf in 5 years i definitely see it with a video component that is the goal for the immediate future once we get into the new house i want to get that up and running in terms of where it'll be in 5 years i'm wondering i don't know i feel like this solo format has legs uh which is I mentioned when I posted on Instagram that that it's it's weird how much I'm enjoying it and how much I like it because I've been an interviewer. Like that's who I am. That's what I do. I've been that ever since I was 18. And I don't want to lose that. Uh, and i don't think anyone wants me to lose that and also i'm afraid to change the show in a way i i want to do it slowly like that's why it made me a little nervous to do two solo episodes in a row because if i am going to introduce a new format at any point i i want to do it more and by the way i don't even know that i'm going to i'm just just floating the idea um i definitely want to be more gradual with it i don't want i, I just feel like when people have their regular routine you can't just be like oh hey this is all new now So it's not all new, but I do think a little bit that I am um, a pretty dutiful interviewer in that when I have someone come on the show, I really want to get to know them and I really want to bring them out and find out what makes them tick and hear about their work and hear about their life and all that. And maybe a little bit because of that, and not maybe a little bit because of that, 100% because of that, I... Uh, Go into the background a little bit. And I think that people are enjoying hearing me come into the forefront like on these shows. Now, I feel like that is the precursor to me turning into a real egotistical nightmare. Who knows? I'm just kidding, sort of. Am I? I don't know. Uh, but you guys, buying products that are good for you doesn't have to be bad for your wallet. I want to talk to you about Brandless. You've heard me talk about Brandless. I effin love Brandless. I love their items. They have food, they have household, and they have beauty items. Just last night, I'm not even going to say what time, just last night, I was eating their tomato basil spaghetti sauce. It is, I feel like oftentimes with a tomato basil spaghetti sauce, The label says tomato basil, but inside you're just like yeah, it tastes like tomatoes. Maybe there's a crushed tomato, maybe not. This is so basally. It is. It tastes so much like fresh basil. If that is something you're into, get this sauce. It is just three dollars. That's the thing with brandless. Every single thing on their website: healthy, vegan, uh, non-GMO, cruelty-free. They have clean beauty and personal care, non-toxic. Cleaners and home goods. They have stuff that's gluten free. They have all, all the all the the good for you kind of things that usually make stuff super expensive. They have all that stuff. It is all just three dollars. I can't keep it in my head. I will look at the website. I'll be like, I want that body scrub. I bet it's expensive. Oh, it's just three dollars. I I am repeatedly surprised when I see this, just three dollars. Even though that is their whole thing, <laughs> they should be called brandless. We're just three dollars. And I would still be surprised because you're used to this stuff being marked up. There's like a sense memory of it being so marked up that when you look on the website, you're like, but how can, what? It just, it does not, it doesn't, what? You're making my brain short circuit. Anyway, uh Brandless makes hundreds of better for you everyday essentials, including organic products, food, snacks, cleaning supplies, healthcare needs, office supplies, and more. I love the tomato basil sauce. I love the cheesy ducks or little, cheddar duck-shaped crackers. Elliot loved those too. Um, they have a really great hand lotion. It's bergamot. Uh, they have soap. They have it's, it's all so good. And Brandless donates a meal with every purchase through their partnership with Feeding America. Start building your Brandless box today and get free shipping on your first order at brandless.com. Better everything for everyone, all $3, brandless.com. Narrator says, super weird question. Do you believe in fate? The short answer is no, except when it's convenient. (laughs) I do, here's where it's going to get a little murky. I believe in the power of the universe, which is like a kind of hippy-dippy way of saying that like, I believe that there's an energy to the universe. I believe that... I don't I don't know how to put it because like I don't I don't believe in intelligent design. I don't believe in God. Um although sometimes I do pray to God, but like I a, a, you know, I don't really believe there's I don't I don't really believe in in an afterlife even though I I want to and in a way the idea that as energy we persist after uh you know after we die, that I believe. Um you know someone said to me that think of it as like energy that you know like your your human form is a toaster and it's energy that goes into the toaster when you're alive and it goes back into the wall or back into the earth you know when you die um and and that just from a, a science perspective like yes your you know energy molecules organic matter all of that persists but the idea of like will your consciousness persist i don't think so i wish i wish i believed that it would Um, I did, I've mentioned this before, but I had this one like crazy car ride after a friend of mine died where I was, I was very much in mourning and I was driving and I left therapy and in the course of this long car ride, I'm like, but we can't explain consciousness. Consciousness is a miracle. So given that this is something that we can't explain, how can I be sure that it goes away? Like this is something that's beyond the scope of science. But So for that moment, I was like, everything I believe is crumbling. I'm not sure what I believe anymore. Um, I don't know. So I guess, no, not in a true sense. I don't really believe in fate. But I also think that there's a limit to how much you can control in your life. Um, Like, would I have met Daniel regardless? I sort of feel like maybe I would have, except that there's like a fair amount of things that if I hadn't done that and hadn't done that and hadn't done that, it wouldn't have led me to the point where I did. So I don't, I don't know. I guess when I lean into the idea of the power of the universe, it's this idea that what's meant to be will be. I don't I'm fighting against a, a feeling that I think is sort of programmed in me and is kind of pro it's kind of a a feeling programmed in, in Jews, I think. This feeling that everything in the world is wrong and if I don't remain vigilant. To correct it, calamity will happen, and there's it's it's a, a bit historically backed up. It's not an insane thought, but it's not a thought. I mean, I recommend staying vigilant, you know, in general. Uh, but it's not a thought that helps you in your daily life. In fact, it is a thought that hurts you in your daily life. So I really try to relax into this idea that whatever it is that is meant to happen for me will happen. I don't need to white knuckle every aspect of my life. The right job for you will happen. You should also work towards it. I don't know. I I realize I'm kind of all over the place with that. So the answer is no, I don't quite believe in fate, but like kind of, I kind of do. Mike Huffman says, love the solo shows. What was it like in a band? Do you still get to play? Favorite awful memories. Thanks. Um, thank you, Mike Huffman. What was it like in a band? It was really, really fun. It was weird. I never intended. Oh, I know. I was talking about some of this with David Huntsberger on the Space Cave episodes. Um, that was like a real deep dive into my band history, my journalist history, just a lot of stuff that I haven't talked about in a while. Yeah, so I was a music critic or music writer, and the idea with music writers uh, is that, oh, they're all frustrated musicians. And that was not the case for me. I never wanted to be a rock star. I never really wanted to be in a band. I always enjoyed playing music, but it was like a solo thing, just like this show. Um, So it was never my intention. But then I went to a party. My friend Sally invited me to a party and I met her coworker, Yami, who was like the coolest girl I had ever met. She was truly, and still remains to be the coolest. And she was learning bass, and she heard that I played drums, and she asked if I wanted to get to form a band. And I said, let me graduate from college, and then I'm game. And then we did. And then I was like, this is fun, but I'm moving to San Francisco, you guys. So then I left, uh, and they got a much better drummer. Uh, this guy, Tim, who who's Paula, our singer's Sister had dated Tim years prior, and he was a guitar player at that time. But he had learned drums. He was—I just—I cannot emphasize that enough. Such a better drum—such a better drum player than I was. Um, and had a lot more stamina than I did. I was like, I could play a little bit, and then I was—it was all was Allison noodle arms. So anyway, I came back, and I'm like, oh hey, it turns out I'm not moving to San Francisco. And they knew I played guitar because I had brought in a song, a truly, truly terrible song called uh, "Mindfuck," which I guess is maybe we called it "Welcome to the Mind." It was just a bad song, but it was one of our songs. It became one of our songs. But anyway, they knew I played guitar, so then I started playing guitar in the band. Anyway, uh, it was a t- it was a a weird time of my life because I never intended to live in Orange County again, and um, and I never intended to play in a band. And yet it was this really fun thing that was a pretty steady thing in my life for a number of years. So that was that. And I don't get to play enough these days. Um, I'm hoping in the new house, maybe there's room for me to bring my drum set. That's the instrument that I I, I miss drums and I miss piano quite a bit. Um, Maybe one day we'll get a piano and Elliot can learn and then I can also learn. I mean, not learn, then I can also play. Jmo Fan says, is Wendy the... Okay, one more thing. A thing I loved to do was, let's say I fell in love with a new musical. For example, Phantom of the Opera. Then I loved to go out. This is before you could get sheet music on the internet. I would go, there was this sheet music store. I think it was, was it called Shade Tree? Shade Tree might have been a guitar store. It had some weird name and it was in a weird strip mall. And it- the whole place was dusty. But they had all this sheet music there. And I would go and I would buy the sheet music to whatever I was super into. And then I would come home and I would play it. And it was like, it was like the closest Virginal Allison got to making love to a soundtrack just to be inside of that music. Phantom of the Opera is what I'm talking about. Also Les Mis, but more Phantom. Um But also I played like classical stuff that I loved as well. But I don't know. It was just, I, I loved that. It was like Yeah, I miss that feeling. Maybe I would do it with La, La Land now. J-Mo fan says, Is Wendy the Dog named after Wendy the person? No, she is not. Uh, and it is funny when Wendy the Person is here to be talking about Wendy the dog. And if oh oh let me see if I I, I want to remember this exactly as it was because it was amazing. Um I guess I had posted something about having gone to a holiday party. Um, (laughs) And my mom reads the stuff I post on Instagram and then she'll text me sometimes. And so she texted and said, what party did you go to? And I said, (laughs) Wendy and a friend had a holiday party. And then my my mom said, did you have it at your place? (laughs) And I wrote back, huh? And then I realized what she meant. And I said, no, I mean, Wendy the human. And then she wrote, oh, that makes so much more sense. But I love the idea that for a a brief period of time, my mom thought that I was like, my mom's like, oh, what party did you go to? And I said, Wendy the dog and her friend had a holiday party. (laughs) Naturally, we would have hosted it at our place because Wendy... Well, I mean, unless Wendy's friend's owner wanted to have a party. Anyway, all sorts of fun like that. Ed Morris says, Have you ever considered letting your hair go back to its naturally curly state? All the time. All the time I consider it. And then I make an appointment to get it straightened again because it it was so time-consuming when it was curly. I've mentioned this before. It was not only curly but also very fuzzy and frizzy. And it required daily washing, scrunching situation with the diffuser, and if I used too much product, it looked wet and crispy all day. Uh, it did it did look pretty when it came out right, but it was a, it's a real narrow target to hit. And then I'd wake up the next day and there'd be like a a big fuzz ball in the front of my hair. And so I'd try to wet it or I'd try to curl it like around some kind of object. It just It frequently didn't look good. It's just, it's having straightened hair, it's just a lot easier. Robert Jones says, if you don't like bras, how come you don't wear sundresses and tank tops? Because I don't like my arms more. Also, I'm not like, there are people who can go braless and it's, it's all good. I'm not really one of them. It's not a look that becomes me. It's a look that suits me but it, I don't think it looks good. I wish it did on me. Kendra Santoro says, what's your advice for someone to, trying to start their own podcast? Uh, this is a question that came up at my book signing. And my answer was be honest and do research. And now that, I mean, that might not answer your question exactly. Cause you're saying advice for someone trying to start, but I would say in terms of your performance on the podcast, those are, th- that's my advice. If this isn't answering your question, feel free to send me a follow-up because I, I, I feel like maybe I'm not quite nailing this question. Um, but my advice for someone hosting a podcast would be be honest. Listeners want to hear authenticity. Um, at least I have to believe that because otherwise, what the fuck would I talk about? And if you're interviewing someone, do research because it'll help you if you don't know where to take the conversation next. Mary says, to what extent did you feel like you were super rad when you were actually playing in a band? Like to no extent, to zero extent. I did not, I did not feel rad. I did not feel cool. I did not feel like a cool rocker chick. Um, I felt like a insecure fat blob. And then later, later though, I didn't. Later, I think I did. I sort of like more, I I said, I lost some weight and I settled into my look Uh, and I see pictures of my, and I also would wear this, would wear my hair like half up, half down. Someone said it like in a B52s way, which was, that was not my inspiration, but sure, I'll take it. Uh, and I also wore clip-in blue hair extensions. That's how cool K-E-W-L I was. Um, I kind of miss those extensions. Maybe I should bring them back. I think my hair is too long to wear them now, but they, they added volume to my hair. Yeah, it was like a whole look, and I think it was a good look. And I look at pictures now, and I'm like, oh, she is cool. That girl is cool, but I don't think I felt cool at the time. Mary also would like to know, what would be a meal you would eat every single day if food, every every single day food if calories and or carbs didn't count? Snack chat. Snack chat. Bread and butter, no question. Where were we? Oh, oh, oh! La Durée at the Grove. I don't know what's in their butter. Maybe cheese, but it's 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 especially good. Um, but their bread is just toast. So you know, um, yeah, bread and butter. I don't know if I could do fettuccine alfredo every day. I have not had that in years. But oh, and also Spaghetti Factory. I haven't been there in a long time. That might be like the Olive Garden of Pasta, even though Olive Garden is the Olive Garden of Pasta. They had some kind of pasta situation. It was white and it had four different kinds of cheeses. I don't think it was just like Quattro oh, or something. It had some other name. That was especially good. Again, it has been probably 20 years since I've had that, if not more. and. I could go for some angel food cake, even though that's actually fairly, it's not the most caloric cake, but I'd go for some angel food cake and praline pecan ice cream. Those would be my like, this doesn't count foods. I don't know if I could eat that every day, but I could try. Laura Kopp says, if you didn't work as a writer and host, what job would you want to have? Probably therapist, I think. Therapist. Sometimes I think, Maybe I could have been like an Aaron Burnett style newscaster, but I didn't veer into hard news. So I'm going to go therapist. Lars says, which one is the friendliest doughboy? That's really hard to answer because they're both super friendly. So I can't answer it. But it's definitely Mitch or it's definitely Nick. Jason says, "Do you have any interest in writing full time? I feel like you would be a great fit at Ringer. There's many others too, but it is my favorite pop culture site. I'm gonna have to check out Ringer. Yes, sometimes I think about how my life used to be when I was a full time writer, and I miss doing features. Like I miss, uh, you know, go go spend time with this person and then write a cover story on them, or go to this concert and write what about the scene, or explore this scene, or just all of it. Like I miss." Sinking into something and experiencing it, and then finding a way to tell that story and finding a way to translate that experience to the reader and I think you know I have enough writing experience and enough contacts that how hard would it be to get those assignments again i don't I don't know i don't I think it would be easier for me than someone who doesn't have my past let's say, but then, and this is probably me talking at myself out of something I want. Then I think, okay, well, let's say I got that assignment. How am I going to juggle that with taking care of Elliot? And so then I go, oh, what I'm doing now is the right thing for me to do. That's how that works in my head. Time Doctor TV says, as a society, would you rather colonize Mars or have a Jurassic Park? Well, if I'm looking out for the good of society, then I, I think we probably have to colonize Mars. But in terms of what sounds more fun to me, Jurassic Park. Fake David Lynch says, not to be snarky, but living in Southern California, why do you need a seat warmer in a car? I expressed the luxury car item that I don't want to give up as the seat warmer. It's a fair question. I just, like with being in love with my heated blanket, I just, I just love heat. I just love it. I find it very soothing. Uh, when I'm driving, I like to turn on the seat warmer and then sometimes I, I Feel like I'm gonna barf because it's too warm. That I don't love that feeling, but in general, I find it comforting and soothing. I think I'm in search of comfort and soothment. What is the noun for soothing? I meant it as a joke when I said soothment. And what is the noun for soothing? Oh, the noun is soothing. <laughs> I'm in search of comfort and soothing. I feel like there should be a better word. Uh, yeah. And now I sort of want to chalk it up to endometriosis. Like I've got a lot of discomfort inside all the time. And that is not untrue, but I don't think that's really what it is. I think I just think it's comfortable. Uh, Nick Wester, PI, says Other than your own, read any good books lately? Well, I mentioned it at the top of the show. I'm enjoying Mandy Statmiller's Unwifeable. It's very dishy and very juicy, and uh, it's like. I don't know that I'd say it's the same because I don't remember this book that well. But I remember just like whipping through Pamela Debar's "I'm with the Band" or Elvis and Me. I got I want to reread Elvis and Me because I loved that book when I read it. I wonder if I would still love it. It's no. They're not Catcher in the Rye or Crying of Lot Forty Nine or Imagining Argentina or like you know these books that that you could write infinite essays on, but. It's like a pretty dishy page-turny read, and I find myself looking forward to the time that I can can return to the book and, and read it. Tuesday says, Brett Easton Ellis seems like a prick, right? I remember he was on the former employer's show, and he ignored your interview question. Did not like. I like that you did not like. Um, My memory of him is not that he was a prick, although if he ignored my question, what a dingus. I have a fairly positive memory of him. But maybe I'm not remembering correctly. I feel like I—I I feel like he and I got on okay. You know what's funny is, um, I don't have a great—I don't have like a positive feeling about Dennis Prager. Let me let me rephrase that. I'm not a fan of Dennis Prager's work or viewpoints. However, and the first time I met him. I was like, my God, these are... and I had this feeling about him. I had it about Artie Lang and Nick DiPaolo. Like there's something about these dyed in the wool radio guys where they just eat up the oxygen. Like they would be hanging out in the studio like they owned the studio. And I felt like, Hey, I, I own the studio a little bit. I'm here every day. There's a, you know, I, I sit there to prepare my news. I, blah, 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 And I felt like I was this little woman in the way and I had to go retreat to a different corner. I felt out. I I felt displaced by their presence in the green room, not in the, not on the show, although maybe a little bit on the show, but not with Prager on the show, but just in terms of like, I felt like I was, and I might be imagining it, but I felt like I was treated like some intern who doesn't have a reason to be there. Before the show, versus like an integral member of the show, and to me, I just chalked it up to these radio guys. they take up so much space, metaphorically and physically, so that was my feeling. But then the next time Dennis Prager came on, I made some joke, and i th- I forget I think I was trying to get him to say "Fuck wit or something, and i don 't know why, and it sounds weird out of context, but he laughed so heartily. And seemed to get such a kick out of it and such a kick out of me that then I had like a really positive feeling about him. So I guess I'm I'm easy is what I'm easy. It's easy for me to change my mind about someone. You just have to flatter me is what I'm saying. Similarly with Ar- Artie Lang, I had a really good feeling about him the second time. Um, I I don't think I ever saw Nick DiPaolo again, although I have a fine feeling about him too. Okay. While I'm naming names, a while ago... Sam Tripoli came after me on Twitter, which I thought was really weird. Uh, It was something political. I can't remember what it was, but I remember being surprised by it because he and I have a lot of mutual friends and a lot of people that respect him respect me and vice versa. I'm assuming they respect him. Um, That sounded bitchy. All I'm saying is, Our circles aren't that far apart. So I thought it was weird that he decided to just uh, clap back. Is that the term? I don't know. Um, But then I, I said something back to him and then he faved it. So maybe he wasn't all that serious. You guys, it is that time where I've got to wrap up the show. I could go longer, but Elliot's babysitter needs to leave. So... I am going to have to wrap it up. This is a bummer. We didn't get to the Instagram questions. All you guys with your wonderful Instagram questions, I have them printed out. I will keep them for the next time we do this. Um, The bonus episode for Patreon this month is going to be Daniel. I thought that we had never done. Daniel and I both thought we had never done a Patreon episode with him. Turns out we had. We were wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong. I'm sorry. But we're still going to get a chance to check in with him took me forever to book that interview. So uh, get my book. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Show my sponsors some love. Um, I always feel like there's shit I need to say at the end of the show and I forget what it is. I mean, I love you. That's, that goes without saying. AllisonRosen.com is where you go for everything. You can find links to everything. We have t-shirts, ringtones etc pins follow me on twitter Allison rosen send your just me or every ones to uh at a-r-i-y-n-b-f email us a-r-i-y-n-b-f show at gmail.com and uh i love you guys thank you for listening goodbye hey do you know about the alison rosen show Rosie